you know, it was uh, like a rivalry game. Uh, you know, they, you know, the one thing you know heard that they didn't, you know, really care about playing us too much. They really acted like they cared when they won the game. So Mike Bobo delivering the heat there, huh? Yeah, definitely uh, an interesting quote, but I have a lot of issues with it because, one, when has a CU football player or coach ever acted like this wasn't a big game? Me last year. Well, I'm not a CU player, or coach, player yeah. or coach. Never. Never, because the players and coaches do think it's a big deal, and they acted like it. Now, if you want to make that comment towards the fans, then I understand. Because, yeah, fans do try to downplay it, and they did. I mean, like, there were tears being shed after the game. Like, fans were so happy. So, he wants to make that comment, but the way I read it and hear it is that's a comment towards the, the team, and I just think that's garbage because, of course, they care. It's a football game that counts towards their record. For a team that hasn't won very many games, of course they care about the win. How, McIntyre's won 10 games in his, in his tenure at Colorado. I think he cares about getting any win at right. this point. Exactly. So if you are a head coach in your second year, Mike Bobo's only been there two years now. This will be his second year. You, if you are going into your second year and you haven't beaten a team, and the last thing that you want to do in basically your first quote leading up to your season opener, a huge rivalry game, is A, give the other team any reason to feel like you're disrespecting them or taking a shot at them or giving them any kind of bulletin board material. But, like, why? You haven't beaten them. Why, why are you throwing any shade anywhere? Like, A, you have no connection to this rivalry. Like, none other than being the coach in it for one year. And then the second year, you're going to come out and throw shade? Like, that's so – it's so lame, man. You should be honored that they cared that they beat you. Right. Like, like shouldn't you just be like, you know, I think, I think the magnitude of this rivalry – if you want to take a shot, like, make it sly. Pump yourself up. You know, I think it really shows the magnitude of the rivalry and the kind of program that we have that CU was so excited about beating us. That's pumping yourself up. I'm down for that. It's still bulletin board material, but I'm because that's way less soft. Number one, and that's way less lame. That's I'd almost like that, I respect that. Was that. Passive how aggressive much, like, AF, as we say. How little, like how much does that sound like, little brother? That comment right there. I mean, well, you know, you 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 were happy that you beat me. Like that's the most. That's like exactly word for word what I would have said to my sister if she beat me in something when I was a kid. Well, sometimes you got to know what you are in life. Sometimes you got to know what you are and own it. It's just like at the end of the day, you can't be Mike McIntyre is doing nothing but singing praises of CSU. Although he is kind of playing mind games a little bit with the quarterback situation. But beyond that, what's up with that? Well, before we get into that, I got to ask you guys, do you know who the favorite is in this game? Colorado by eight. Yeah. And you know where you can bet on that? No. On mybookie.lv. Football fans are flooding the online marketplace, putting big action on football games, and then they have to wait weeks to collect their cash. There's nothing more frustrating. That's why thousands of online players are going to mybookie.lv. They offer real Las Vegas odds, incredible player props, and in-game live action. Odds updated in real time, and as we just told you, fast, no-hassle payouts when you win. 
Join now and they'll match your first deposit uh, dollar for dollar up to $1,000. Get an extra 10% bonus on top of that when you sign up and uh, deposit today. Make sure you use promo code BSN Denver to activate the offer. That's promo code BSN Denver. That's honestly, that's like no, no gimmicks there. They really no, were. You throw in that money, it's going to double. So that's, that's awesome. That's a so, good deal. And if you're, so if you're, a, if you're one of the many CU fans feeling super confident about this game, like we saw on all like, buffs. Almost everyone on all buffs thinks the buffs are going to win by more than a touchdown, perhaps yeah. two touchdowns even. So that's a chance to go put $1,000 in, double it right away in terms of betting, and then go make that money back. And maybe you turn 1000 bucks into 4000 based on that. I mean, I mean it's, but that's <laughs> the thing is the confidence, the confidence level of the fans is... That's my thing, though. It's, it's like crazy put, right now. Put your money where your mouth is. Like, <laughs> are, you where, willing to, are you willing like, to back Like, if you're it that up? confident... Go and go ahead and do it. You know, and but I just really want to, real quick. I want to get back. What's up with Mike Bobo being like? I know who my starting quarterback is, but I'm not telling you guys. Well, it's. I, I think Zisk had the perfect commentary on this today, where he said like, uh, it, it's kind of a weakness in a way that you're you're scared to share who your starter is because you're trying to to hide it because you're not really sure, and it it shows kind of an uh, insecurity in a way. Yeah, I would agree. This is not new, though. I just, it's so dumb. Well, like, I, I mean, honestly, all I, that if really gonna, matters if you, is how you're handling it in your locker room. Okay, but if you're not going to tell the media, don't tell them that you know who it is. Just keep playing the game like you don't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just not a good way. I, to, I, I hate all the, the coaching BS through the media this time of year anyways. You know, in week six, it's a lot harder to BS the media about players and their roles because, hey, we have six weeks of evidence. And, like, if there's major injuries, we've seen it mm-hmm. and all of that, and we know who's good and, and who's not by that point. I mean, according you, to what we've This heard. is the worst week in, right. in, in, in football, at least college football, because we have to put up with this kind of crap. According, right. According to what we've heard publicly, there is not one buff that has had a bad fall camp or has, has, has <laughs> failed one time this fall camp. It's just, it's, it's all propaganda. It's all BS. And it, and it just, damn, I can't wait for Friday. I can't wait for the season to start because all this nonsense, we don't have to talk about it anymore. We don't have to, fans don't have to worry about it. We don't see it on Twitter. Now coaches will still say stupid stuff because that's what they do. <laughs> and it's, it's actually mighty impressive that people that get paid as much money as these guys constantly put their foot in their mouth and don't know how to handle interactions with the media. That blows my mind. Like Jim Harbaugh today? He, he came out with a clarifying statement. Yeah, but a clarifying still, statement two minutes after he just put his foot in his mouth. <laughs> it's just like, this week just needs to be over. We need Friday night to get here so we can see these coaches shut up, get on the sideline, Literally, he we wa- can see these teams. Jim complete. Harbaugh walked off the podium today, and his, and his uh, SID was like, yo, you might lose recruits over that. And he was like, Give me a phone. I need a tweet right now. Yep. So we talked about Friday. Let's get to that. Let's fast forward through this week. Let's be done with this week. Let's just look forward to Friday from now on on this podcast. Does anyone know who the two quarterbacks that CSU is, has competing are? Nick, <laughs> Nick Stevens. Stevens. I knew that one. Is the other one the, the transfer? Georgia, the Georgia Batua or something? Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be a nightmare for me to pronounce when I'm announcing the game. So I'm hoping Nick Stevens <laughs> Honestly, like, if you've got a second team – all Mountain West quarterback returning. Like, you've got to like as we sit here now, we've got to assume that he's the starter. 
One of th this means one of two things. Either the other quarterbacks on CSU are a lot better than we've maybe given them, or anybody's really given them credit for, and this race is truly tight, and it has been tight, and maybe he knows in his head who he wants to start, but maybe he doesn't know. Or, like, maybe things aren't looking good in Fort Collins behind center. And or that would be a concern for them against this defense in week one. Or third option, Hollywood Higgins was really that important to their offense, and Nick Stevens not having him there completely changes his game. That's true. I, I, I really think, I mean, kind of diving more into CSU, you start to look at their strengths. This year it's not wide receivers. It's not linebackers, although they do have a couple. It's not the defensive backfield. It's the offensive, offensive line. line. Yeah. It's running backs. And if they can have Nick Stevens or whoever their damn quarterback is find success in, in spots, that changes the game. You guys remember, do you remember what uh, Grayson's first year starting? I mean, he, was, he looked terrible back there. But they, didn't, they barely asked anything of him. And he was able to make spot throws because he had a really good offensive line. And in the world of college football, you don't need a great quarterback if you've got a great offensive line to just make a couple plays here and there. And at the end of the day, this is the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Crazy stuff happens every single year. And that's why it's so crazy to me that when you go to all buffs, that so many buffs fans are so confident. It's like they've been drinking so much beer at Colorado Keg House. Uh, the home for craft beer, <laughs> Nitro, Al's, IPAs, all of the uh, stouts. All, isn't that a thing? Stouts? Milk yes. stouts? So, so is ales. Ale. So is ale. But anyway, you put it, Colorado Keg House is your home for Colorado craft beer off 36 right next to Wadsworth, or 36 and Wadsworth, uh, 30 big screen TVs with the game on everywhere. So if you can't make it down to Mile High Friday, I suggest going to Colorado Keg House and catching the game there. But to go off your point, it is crazy to me that there are so many Buffs fans that believe that this game is going to be, so, it, it, I don't want to say lopsided, but they're so confident about what the result is going to be. Someone on Twitter posted today the margin of victory for each team over the last some amount of meetings. The CSU, CSU is about a touchdown. Six and a half, yep. And, CS, and CU is 13, 13 and, and a half. half. So when CU wins, typically it's in a slightly more dominating fashion, but... Do you we, – we've talked a lot about how we see this year going. It's game one. You've got a really upperclassman team with the Buffaloes, and the Rams are a little bit less experienced at a lot of spots. Is this the game that – like, there, there, there are games where you think if, if this team wins, it's probably going to be a blowout. If this team wins, it's going to be really close. You just kind of have those feelings about certain games. W what do you guys feel? We see what fans obviously feel. Like – is this going to be one of those games that if CU wins, it's going to be pretty comfortable? And if CU, CSU wins, it's going to be tight? What do you guys think? Uh, like, I, there's like emotion emitting out of me thinking about this because I just can't – this game is just so unpredictable and it's always – there's always something that happens that flips the game on its head. And yep. I, it's, I get excited just thinking about the game because it's it's – I don't know. It's so it's to the atmosphere is so I just feel like it's the, one of the only games where you, it just feels like anything can happen at any time. Very much so. Uh, and so I'd like to say that CU should go and win this game by double digits. Uh, I think if if this game was being graded on an even scale, I would say, yes, 
the Buffs should win this game by double-digit points. But that's not what this is. This is the Rocky Mountain Showdown. It's so unpredictable that even if the Buffs win in overtime on a field goal again, you can't hold that against them. And, so, and that's interesting that you say that because we heard from Jake throughout the offseason that people walked out of last year's game excited for a few moments and then like, wait, we, we needed what to beat CSU? So that's, in, that's really interesting that you say it. So you think that no matter, no matter what the point spread is, if CU wins, you just need to walk out of that stadium as a fan and just feel good. Like go to the bathroom, wash your hands, be glad that you got out of there. Uh, See, just, I tend to agree. It's just so – the game – if I'm Mike McIntyre, I haven't slept since, like, mid-May because of this damn game. Well, right. well, yeah. we, we've talked about it being a lose-lose all the time in terms of this game and continuing the rivalry. But for this game, I, I, I tend to agree with you guys because if it's a lose-lose, you can't really feel like you're this huge victor if you're a Buffs fan. If you win the game, you kind of just feel relieved that you didn't lose. The only way a Buffs fan can be really happy lo- leaving this game is the Buffs win by more than 20 points. But even a couple years ago when CU won 24-0. 24-3, oh, I think it was. was it tw- yeah, wait, it was 24-3. But even then, they were walking out of that game not very, not very confident. They liked the defense. But anytime CU blows CSU out, or most times, it feels like most of the reaction from media and from fans is, damn, what does it say about CSU? And, is that, and maybe that's just an effect of what we've come to kind of expect from Colorado. My stomach just turned with you talking about, like, Denver media trying to cover this game. I, there's a lot of great folks in the Denver media, but I just wish they would <laughs> just never, like, I know they have to. But them trying to cover this game is like it makes me sick to my stomach. I go back to because me. It, they just they just don't know, and they try and put some spin on it or take some angle on it, and it just always comes like neither neither fan base ever leaves one of those articles feeling good about it. I go back to me driving down to the Rocky Mountain Showdown my freshman year in on Mile High Sports Radio uh, or 104.3, 104.3, Sorry. Uh, I was going down, and I was listening to their pregame coverage of CUCSU. It lasted for maybe 10 minutes before they started talking about the Broncos' third team long snapper or something like that. They're like, speaking of CSU, Capri Bibbs, is he going to make the team this year? Right, fourth running back, are they going to keep him? (laughs) That was their thing. I was like, geez, like, I just got to go back to RK and Adam doing sports stampede. Like, I'm never listening to anything else. I don't – it's tough. I I just – What do you expect out of them? It puts – the media is put in a bad position because they have to cover the game. It's it's a Colorado event, and they just don't know. Right. Like – We've got complaints about complaining about the media on this podcast, so let's try to limit that. But this is actually where we're like kind of agreeing with fans. <laughs> no, yeah, we're agreeing. We're like, uh, it's true, just, true. it's just awkward. Like, there's going to be a column from some columnists around town after the game about how, uh, you know, both teams suck or whatever it is. All I'm saying is, CU fans aren't leaving this game happy unless the score is 34 to 10 or something like that. The offense looked good, the defense looked good, and they blew them out. Does Colorado know how to blow somebody out like this? They've blown out Ooh. terrible teams. Hardly. Uh, Nichols. That's it. That's it. No, UMass. No, well, the, in UMass, the second half. The game on the road at UMass. Yeah, no, they but almost at home, lost. At home, almost in lost the most recent one. game yes, against yeah. UMass. They didn't. Yeah, they blew them out, but it wasn't dominant. Oh, that second half was utterly dominant. It was just like it was a slow death for UMass. It wasn't like 
uh, like and, Oregon and that, running and away that, from CU on no, every play. That's a different style of play. It's a different style of win. I, I, I just wonder, I mean, is, is Colorado capable of blowing anybody out? If they are this year, are you going to take, like, if, it'll if be Colorado a welcome. wins 30 to 10, are you walking away being like, they could win six games? Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Am. So that's what you need to see. Cause like l- looking through message boards, and we obviously we always talk about all of us, but looking through all message boards, people want to see a dominating win. And that's, I'm interested to hear from you guys what you need to see both differential-wise and uh, in terms of actual gameplay-wise uh, to feel comfortable moving forward. And we're actually going to hear that from all of us on the other side of this next break. Fossil Trace Golf Club is a destination for golfers across the country. Tucked into the foothills of Golden, Colorado, Fossil Trace is one of the most unique courses in America. Hole 12 was named one of the most fun 18 holes in America by Golf Digest. Fossil Trace is 5280's best golf course, and it's less than 20 minutes from downtown Denver. Go to Fossil Trace to escape the ordinary and discover the extraordinary with prehistoric and modern. Schedule your tee time up to 60 days in advance at FossilTrace.com. Preferred Organic Therapy is one of Denver's original dispensaries. They've carried a fine list of award-winning strains since 2009, and they now carry Colorado's largest selection of edibles. You'll find other things like Apothecana oils and creams, Marcaha oral tinctures, and Charlotte's Web CBD. Nobody gives you the variety that Preferred Organic Therapy does. We're conveniently located off of I-25 and Colorado Boulevard. Preferred Organic Therapy, a better way to heal. Don't miss the Yamaha Get Out and Ride sales event at Coyote Motorsports. With low APRs, huge customer cash, and more on Yamaha motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. From championship Yamaha sport bikes and YZs to sport ATVs and side-by-sides and Grizzly, Viking, and Wolverine models. So see Coyote Motorsports today for huge Get Out and Ride savings. Offers good 2 on 16 through 63016 on select Yamaha motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. See Coyote Motorsports for details. Well, it's that time for us to tell you what we need to see for us to feel confident about the rest of this UBuff season. But it's also that time for me to tell you about mybookie.lv. It's that time of year again, and that's why I said time. And we have a new opportunity for you to make some serious cash while watching football. This site is called mybookie.lv, and thousands of experts and rookies are playing and winning big there. They offer real Vegas odds, amazing player props, and live in-game action with odds updated in real time. But the best thing about mybookie.lv, stop laughing at me, is the fast, no-hassle payouts when you win. Join now, and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 and get you an extra 10% bonus on top of that when you sign up and deposit today using promo code BSNDenver. That's promo code BSNDenver. Expert or rookie, you got to check out mybookie.lv. <laughs> oh, man, Do you guys think in four years I'll be able to bet on the Olympics? On my bookie. Oh, my God. Give it like a year and a half. Winter you know, Olympics. I, you like I, the Winter Olympics more anyways. I do, but I got to say, the ending of the Summer Olympics, I think I think I might be a convert. He's backtracking like <laughs> Jim Harbaugh over here. Or like Mike Bobo. <laughs> oh, true. Ooh. Relevant. Anyways. <laughs> anyways, what, we, what I need to see, I'll start off from the buffs. I need to see the buffs cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need though. them to cover. There's, a, there's an old school rumor about uh, the Buffs not covering 
one year against CSU and one famous better in the online CSU or CU community lost his mind in the press box. Oh, yes. <laughs> and actually broke his computer while getting pissed off about CU Adam. not covering. Adam. Adam Munster Tiger. No, no, no I said no. at um, oh. like at them. Verbally? <laughs> no, I don't. We don't need to call Adam. We don't need you know I thought you were saying Adam. I was like, I've never <laughs> no. seen Adam express emotion. <laughs> Adam would literally never do anything that was considered unprofessional by anyone's standards. He couldn't do it accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't do it accidentally. Um, but I, I definitely need to see CU cover. I mean, eight points. I've got a score prediction in mind for this game uh, that we'll, show before, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about before we close the show out. But I need to see them win convincingly. Nine points? Like, they win by nine? You're okay with that? Well, at minimum, I need them to cover. But more specifically, I need to see a Cepho Lufau that can take advantage there we go. of a depleted secondary of the Colorado State Rams. And I need to see him make decisive throws. I need to see him take what's given to him off on the ground because he showed a lot of promise in that regard uh, a year ago before getting hurt. That, that's the number one thing I need to see. There, there is, of course, more, but I need to see Cepho be a senior starter. Before you go into anything else, I got to say that as well. I need to see Cepho loof out because – I've heard mixed reports on him in camp. I've heard things that he's improved over camp. I've seen that he hasn't looked so sharp with my own two eyes in the couple practices I saw. So I need to see Sefa Lufau come out and, and just shove for a little while. I need to see a legitimate Sefa Lufau out there. Uh, you know, it doesn't need to be him throwing for as many yards as his sophomore year, and it doesn't need to be him rushing for as many yards as his junior year, but I need to see a legitimate senior leader at quarterback that knows how to manage the game and put the ball in the right people's hands at the right time. Exactly. I think that, from a CU perspective, has to be your number one thing you're looking for. Look, I said it last year going into the Hawaii game. Sefo Lufau, if that was going to be a bowl team, should have been able to carve up the Hawaii secondary. He did nothing of the sort. He should be able to carve up a Colorado State secondary. I mean, it's Colorado State. This isn't Arizona State or even Georgia State. It's Colorado Damn. State. So, what about those CSU followers you have on Twitter, uh, bro? Nice Georgia State reference, this. by the way. Big Georgia PSC Southern. Oh, Georgia oh, Southern. Southern. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Georgia State might not even be a school for all I know. <laughs> you got Georgia Tech, Georgia, black and Georgia gold, Southern. I believe is the. I actually do think it's like black and gold or black and yellow for Georgia State. You're thinking of Georgia Tech. Tech? No, that's blue. Blue and gold. Anyways, <laughs> Sefo Lufau should be able to sling the rock against these kids. Uh, that's just the long and short of it. kids, too. Damn. Like, this is his opportunity to go out there and stomp on some dudes and say, look, I'm Sefo and my foot is good enough to stomp on your throat. Definitely not black and gold. Um, What's Georgia State's uh, mascot? Uh, they look to be a panther of some sort, and they are black and blue. Georgia Southern has also got some They're blue the in there. They're they are the Eagles and gold. That's my Anyways, squad. What up? Moving on to other things we need to see as well. I need to see a legitimate offensive line out of CU. I know it's going to be hard to judge that based off of the CSU game because there isn't. Uh, Their defensive line kind of sucks. There you go. Um, <laughs> so I need to see. I want to see one sack or less of Cephalufau in this game. And with the new offense that Chev is apparently running, that should guaranteed happen if this team is going to win. I, I, I'll say this. I'm less 
I think I'm less concerned about CU's offensive line in terms of holding up protection. I, I do want to see that. I do want to see him open up some holes uh, in the running game. But you know what I want to see, number one? I want to see no stupid penalties. Penalties, okay. Penalties are a big thing in games like this because, A, the atmosphere I think is going to be pretty electric because everybody's going to be hammered, A. And it's the first game of the season. Uh, you know, there was a hand raised here. It wasn't Jake or I. Because <laughs> we are working, Ryan. Um, 100% but, not working. But here's the thing is penalties can I want to see some lit you. tweets from you, please. You, uh, no, no, no. I'm putting – the Twitter away. The Twitter machine is off. For Can I get some texts from you at least? Like, who are these? Like, you you never have a reception at these games, anyways, because the yeah. networks are overloaded. Dude, I need to repump out my uh, five tips for students that I wrote last year. It was a hit. Five. Oh, did you include don't drink at the game, or was no. that two years ago? No. Why would you ever encourage someone not well, to do no, that? No, that was when I t- I tweeted out. We shouldn't tell that story. You can tell it. It's okay. I tweeted out like you be. Be really careful of your student drinking because they do come around and they'll just, if they see you drinking, they'll ID you on the spot. And a member of the BSN Denver staff did not take my advice. Obviously, he wasn't, BSN Denver didn't even exist at the time. And he got a ticket. So, anyways, I should repump out that story. I'll, you do, I'll do it on like. Best case, Thursday. worst case, please, too. Well, we're working on maybe doing a best case, worst case. I can't make any promises. So, um, continuing pen- pen- on. Penalties, I don't want to see. Because you, like, you've got a couple names popping up on there that haven't seen as much time in recent years. Uh, penalties are a big thing all overall uh, for this team because this is a game where emotions can get high. I mean, personal fouls and false starts. You can live with a pass interference here and there. It's going to happen. There's going to be holding. There's Especially in be college, all this crap. it's only 15 yards. Right, like there's yeah. going to be all this crap, and that's fine. But false starts and personal fouls Do are you the biggest killers. that well, a penalty changed the game last year? Stefan Nemba, legal hands to the face, brings back a brilliant play call from Brian Lindgren that had Dylan Keeney in the end zone on a wheel route, and it gets called back. And if they score that touchdown, I think there's a chance they might run away with it. And I, I'll, I'll add another one to the penalties kind of category. Uh, big plays. It seems more than any. That's a penalty category? Well, no, no, like uh, of big impact type plays. Oh, okay. uh, penalties, turnovers, big plays. And whoever gets the big plays in this game, seemingly more than any other matchup CU's had against uh, other programs, wins this game. It's the momentum. Dude. Right. It's, all, uh, it's yeah. huge plays win this game. So much of the momentum in this game is powered by the students. And no matter what, the students can't manufacture the energy to match the other team if they're rolling. You can try as hard as you want, but if CSU just scored 10 points in a row, their fans are just feeding off of it. And there's nothing you can do to manufacture enough energy out of a dejected student section to match that. I'm not – like, some people will call this a hot take. This is not a hot take because I've seen it many – like. Of, of my years covering CUCSU uh, at, in, in Denver, m- m- the vast majority of the time, the CSU student section has been way more rowdy, way more into it, and way louder than the CU student section. It's true. It's, it, it hasn't been close. Last year, granted I watched on the television, but uh, everybody at the game that I talked to 
was like, this was probably one of the best CU student sections that we've seen at the Rocky Mountain Showdown because CU students just haven't been as into it for whatever reason. It's obvious why they're not as into it. They just well, they see CSU as little brother, and CSU sees CU as big brother, and that's why their fans get so into it because they just want to beat them so much more. Sure. From a loudness standpoint, too, CSU also gets that end bowl, which makes a huge difference. CU has No, CU's in the south stands, which is – Notoriously, the loudest part of really, Mile High. Yes. Like it would be kind of quieter. Bad. Anyways, uh, from my perspective, CU was a lot louder last year. Last year, but uh, I think uh, the front page of bsnbuffs.com would capture where I was a few times last year. So I, I didn't just, really have the most unbiased standpoint. I just think you know, with that in regard, with those big plays, CU fans obviously you got to step up. But I mean, there've been there've been guys every year that. You, you have no idea what their name is for CSU. And then they make, like, four plays seemingly out of freaking nowhere that can change a game. Uh, what was the kid's name? Dallin uh, jo- Dawkins. Joe Hansley? Yeah, well, he's legit. He actually made it onto an NFL roster. No, he just got cut today. Okay, well, he, I said he made it but, onto an NFL but, but roster. Like, but the, a couple of years ago, no CU fan knew who he was. He has, like, a punt return that... Mm-hmm. I don't know if it went for a touchdown, but no, it went he forever. Bro- he broke one, yeah. Then there was a wheel route where he went on forever. So there are always going to be those plays. Last year it was Dallin Dawkins, who I was just like, this kid just keeps getting like 6 to 12 yards every time he touches the ball. There will always be those plays in this game, and you've got to be – and you've got a veteran team on the Colorado sideline that has seen three, two or three years of this game being nuts with those momentum-swinging plays – uh, and so you have a team that should be, theoretically, should be mature enough to withstand those. So I need to see Colorado be able to bounce back. And the one other area, I need to see, I, I need to see really, really good special teams play. Uh, Diego's going to be called on upon this in this game. And I will say that's going to be really interesting for me, too, because we don't really know how this whole special team situation is going to work yep. out. There is no special teams coordinator, and we yep. have not seen that yet. And. How many, how many years? Special teams coordinator was such a waste of a title. Not according to some of the people I've talked to on the team. Oh. I just. I hear, I hear there's some confusion. That's all. Okay, well, if you get confused about staying in your damn lane on a kickoff well, return, you no, need no, some help. No, no, about who it, who's the coach that answers the, to, who, who's the coach designated for certain plays in special teams. Some of the players don't know really who's responsible for those things. So print out a freaking sheet and give it to them to keep in their locker, for God's sake. Maybe that's the solution. Maybe you Maybe, should be making ma- two hundred thousand dollars a year to provide that insight to Mike McIntyre. Some of this stuff is just mind blowing. Like, it is, but those are the little things that so often get overlooked when you've got all these. You're trying to install a playbook. You're trying to make sure that your quarterback and your offensive line are on the same page. And those are the little things that can slip through the cracks. And in games like this, CSU has made huge plays in special teams in recent years. Now CSU has, has made their fair share, uh, blocking a field goal. Fumble. Blocking a field goal, making a game-winning field goal. Josh Smith returning a kickoff for a touchdown, but CSU comes right back and returns one for a touchdown on the ensuing kickoff. Special teams have been huge in this series since 2007. I got to say that those two kick returns going back and forth was top five moment of the rivalry. I don't even remember that. You don't? Oh, I remember it. Oh, it was amazing. What I will say is we're actually going to talk about our favorite moments from this rivalry coming up later in the podcast, so I wanted to – Shout that out there, but but our Colorado safe question, uh, safe outlet question of the week that we threw out to you, the the people on Twitter, was what margin of victory would the Rams have? Uh, 
would the Buffs have to have over the Rams to make you feel confident about the rest of the year? So far, we've gotten a few numbers back. The first one is 14. Another one from, our, or from one of our friends, David Smith. Double digits and not down to the wire. And I think... David uh, Smith, a fellow birder. He Shout is a out birder. to birds. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I, I don't think... I think David Smith likes me very much in, in some Twitter interactions we've had. Maybe you're, I'm just missing. You're disliked in a lot of circles. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> this, is, this is a question... That obviously we, we got the inspiration from from that all bus thread and from a lot of the discussions we've seen around, but this is, in my opinion, gonna no matter what happens on Friday, this is gonna be the number one topic of conversation after the high wears off or the booze uh, on you know Saturday evening, Sunday morning, Monday morning. People are gonna be kind of coming to terms with what happened and looking forward finally. No, we talked about the detailed position breakdowns and what we need to see from Seth offensive line and all that. If CU wins by seven against this Colorado State team that is picked to finish, what, sixth in the Mountain West that lost so much from a year ago, there's got to be concern. It depends. I, I, I know that you mentioned earlier in the show that you got to feel just good about a win, and feeling good about a win is fine. But you can feel good about a win and be concerned moving forward. What if they win 10-3? to 3? Disaster no, of a season. You're no, you're going two and ten. That's, okay. But what if they're up fourteen, and with two minutes left, CSU with thirty seconds left, CSU scores a touchdown to make it seven, and then they the you know have door. an onside kick. The backdoor cover. Back, back, back a little backdoor cover. Well, first of all, I want to share a quick story from that all bus thread just because it was an amazing score prediction. Opening kickoff, CSU pins CU within inside of the ten. The snap goes over Cepho's head. He's tackled in the end zone for a safety. Oh, the Broncos Super Bowl happened. CU does not score for 59 minutes. In fact, the game goes scoreless for 59 minutes. And Diego Gonzalez is called upon to hit a 54-yarder, 3-2 to to final score. If that happened, I'm calling CU going undefeated. If that scenario happens, <laughs> I will go on record, and I will cool. I'll put I'll money on it just to have money on it. Cool. I'll go put money <laughs> on the fact that they won't win another game. <laughs> if you win that 3-2... to two, your destiny's team. Speaking no. of scores, uh, we are going to make our score predictions a little bit later in this pod, but we are going to talk about some of our favorite moments from this rivalry on the other side of this break, so stick with us. Jackson's Hole opened in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later, and Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. There's 65 and 70-inch TVs everywhere, the food is still amazing, and there's almost 30 beers on tap, including our table taps that you can control at your own booth. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off Arapahoe and I-25, the original sports grill. By staying at the forefront of cannabis genetics, cultivation, and quality control, the clinic provides the best cannabis you'll find. And with 50 awards, they've won more than any other dispensary in Colorado. There's also a brand new clinic location right next to the Colorado Light Rail Station. And if you bring in a ticket from the game, they'll give you 15% off your entire purchase there. Seriously, check them out. Go to the new location off Colorado or go to theclinicolorado.com. 
If you or somebody you know has been in any type of accident, call Flesh Law. You do not want to face the insurance company alone. If you are not sure what to do, Flesh Law offers free consultation and will meet with you for as long as you need. If you do decide to file, we'll have your litigation started immediately so that we can get your case resolved as fast as possible. Call Flesh Law at 303-806-8886. That's 303-806-8886 or Google Flesh Law. Last segment, I started off by talking about time. In this segment, I'm going to start off by talking about time once again. The Clock Tower Grill. They keep track of the time, and they know how to get your deals right for drinks. Uh, $3 Long Islands on Monday, 75-cent wings on Wednesday, $3 shots on Friday. It is the perfect place to get your pregame on. I know Ryan and I will probably be stopping by there before we head down to our friend Tyler Ziskin's tailgate. Probably. That would be probably. a good place to stop down. Is it a tailgate if it's at a house? No, it's just a house party. All right, it's a house party. Uh, But we're going to stop by the clock tower. It's actually one of the big problems with tailgating at CU is so many people tailgate from their houses. It just doesn't look as cool. I should have some tailgates at my apartment. No, you shouldn't. That's a problem. It's not a tailgate. Oh, a tailgate. We <laughs> just talked about We're tailgating that. at my parents' tailgate, which is in a great location. And oh, yeah. We can How many games are you going to come up for this year? Do you know yet? All of them. All of them? I haven't missed a CU football game since I was in well, third that's grade. I was you making think I'm just sure. going to start sure now? The streak lived. I was the streak lives on. Good. Um, well, what we are going to do on this segment is we're going to rank kind of Last year's Rocky Mountain Showdown was, in a word, crazy, I guess. Uh, it was definitely unique, but there have been so many great Rocky Mountain Showdowns over the year. We were going to kind of talk about where it ranked among uh, some of the infamous ones, like the goal line stand in the rain game. Just, just famous, not infamous. Okay. The, the famous ones. <laughs> yeah. Talk. Man. It has to be up there because... The, the way that game ended was just wild. I mean, if you remember, Nelson Spruce runs one of the nastiest routes I've ever seen. I think I still have it in slow motion on my phone. I was recording from the end zone where they let you go at the end of the yeah. game. He left his dude in the dust, gets open to set up Diego Gonzalez for a potential game-winning field goal, and the kid just absolutely shanks it. I love Diego. I don't even know if we can call it a shank. Dude, it, it, was it landed short of the end zone about 20 feet to the left of the goalpost. It never had a chance. Like, we were, I had my camera out ready to film this crazy reaction, and it was just like... <laughs> so, then it goes to overtime. And- so, I'll, I'll, I'll lend people in on my perspective of that, because I was, I was sitting in the first row of the CU of student the South section. Stands, yeah. Of the South stands, and I have never seen more horrified looks on my face than the CU fans. They just went, oh, my God, the Hawaii loss. <laughs> this it's over but i mean the thing was is how much confidence did mike mcintyre have in him to once the bus blocked the field goal in overtime to set up for a field goal the fact that they blocked the field goal in overtime yeah and uh a lot of people didn't catch this but they almost fumbled that ball after the blocked field goal and we almost started right over uh philip Lindsay went for a spin move in the ball he fumbled like he fumbled it I'm like juggling my hands here uh, and held on to it. But that could have been, you know, overtime all over again. Just a crazy game overall. I think I slot that as the third, my third favorite Rocky Mountain showdown behind one, the goal line stand in Folsom. Just 
one of the most elect I think the most electric atmosphere I've ever been a part of in Folsom Field. Two, the rain game at uh, Mile High. It was packed house, pouring rain, lightning striking left and right. Uh, it just had it had like a different vibe to it. Joel Clapp throws for 400 yards. Uh, Derek McCoy in there making making huge catches. Jeremy Bloom. Just I hold that game very dear. And then I, I think I put that one at third. There's a lot of great games in this rivalry, but that one just had the, it. It brought me back to some of the great moments in that rivalry. Yeah, I think the best game in and of itself, just the game that I've ever watched uh, in this series, would be the 2003 game that shootout. Uh, CU won 42-35. The Rams are actually ranked number 23 coming into the season. Uh, you obviously you have the iconic picture of the lightning strike in the background, um, but. I think what made that game so special it, from a nostalgia perspective was that that was the last time these two teams were about even and both good. That was the last time there was somebody on either side that was super divisive and that was kind of a lightning rod for the rivalry. Literally. And that was, yeah, and that was Bradley <laughs> Van Pelt. This series lost a lot. When he left school, because you had just that cocky, douchey, but talented individual that, you know how CU fans view Bradley Van Pelt? That's how a lot of CSU fans view Spencer Dinwiddie. And Dinwiddie was better, but besides that, so that's kind of how I remember that game. Of, and, and again, you mentioned some of the names and the, the way that game was such a shootout. I'll always remember that. Uh, last, last year's game was really incredible to watch because I was actually at my wine shop in Brooklyn with a laptop on our, on our front table uh, behind, on the counter selling to guests as they were in the store while watching the game, behind, like looking over their shoulder watching the game, and I'm screaming at various points. Because this was, I mean, I went to see you. I mean, there, there, there's a part of us that we try to suppress to be professional, but it comes out sometimes. You know, there's no doubt about it. If anybody read my piece about the, the facilities, I couldn't help but kind of be pumped up when I walked out of the facility. So last year's game was a special place. Um, if, if anyone's seen Ryan's video of the game winner last year, I think they know that it holds a very special place for me. Yeah. I mean, I, that was like, for me, that was like, uh, I've been part of a few big wins in, in which I've been at for CU. Uh, West Virginia was my first CU game. I've talked about that before. But between then and CSU game last year, there aren't really that many moments that I can hold dear to my heart that are like, this is CU football being CU football. And honestly, the game that sticks out most for me, my, fa- my favorite experience of the rivalry uh, was 2007. I moved away from Colorado when I was 15. I came back to the University of Colorado following the footsteps of, of some of my siblings to my favorite university in the country to be a student. And my first game as a student was at, uh, I think it was still called Invesco back then. And, and CSU was pretty heavily favored. Uh, they had Caleb, what was his name? Haney. Caleb Haney. God. Such a douchey name. I have to say. Didn't he play for the Bears for a yes, while? Yes. Uh, I, I actually to, liked him for the Bears. No. I had uh, I, I I bit my tongue the other day when David Anderson, former CSU receiver, came out and said Tim Tebow is the worst quarterback he ever played with. 
I wanted to quote tweet it and be like, and this is coming from a guy who played with Caleb Haney. <laughs> but, I mean, they, there were really high expectations for that CSU team, and they had the tight end from Pueblo, who was a monster, uh, probably would have gone to the NFL if he didn't get injured, and that was, that was Cody Hawkins' first game as a starting quarterback. And CU won 31-28 on an Eberhardt field goal in overtime. And that was my first game as a student. And for those who have awkwardly or for some reason followed my career uh, covering this program, I didn't get to go to a lot of games as a student. Uh, I never really got that college experience of going, going to your school's games and cheering your ass off and maybe being too drunk. But like, and, and like meeting like that social circle and really just that experience. I never got that for the most part. Um, certainly not yeah. as a basketball fan uh, and really not much football. So I'll always hold that win really special in my heart as that was my first game as a student. They won. Uh, and that's probably the most fun I've ever had uh, at a sporting event. For me, that's like the Connor Wood 2014 Buffs game. What, tw- that would have been 2013. 2013 game, that was my first game as a student. Growing up in Boulder, wanted to go to CU all that stuff, got a little too drunk, the whole thing. <laughs> it was like that in same perspective. You know, I haven't had too many games yeah. in, the, in the stands, so that was, that was a fun one for me. I'm laughing <laughs> because I can't remember <laughs> my first CU CSU. I, I, I remember seeing you. As a student. You, as I remember student. seeing you that night. Really? Yes. That's surprising. That was like, like two months after I had first met you. I ran into you. You're like, oh, Shap, what's up? I do remember that, yep. I was there with my girlfriend yep. at the time. When you had a girlfriend. Yes. Um, the Bro, days. Those were hard times. <laughs> <laughs> but there, what's crazy is I'm, I'm, I always just go back to that early 2000s when the amount of just trash that Van Pelt talked and you had, you had all these CU players who were kind of a little bit maybe crazy. I, I mean, I, I feel I feel okay saying there might have been some fringe personalities in that locker room, but then you had Lawrence Vickers just pile driving somebody into the end zone in the greatest gif ever created for sports and for a yep. rivalry. That's I mean, that's got to be up there. Uh, and I'm excited. Like you can't not be Big Brother right. once that has happened to you. I'm excited for Friday because I think the atmosphere is going to be really festive. I think it's going to be really turned up or lit as the as the kids say we these actually days. just say turned now you say turned turned yeah. turned with a hard t uh i'm really excited for friday i think it's going to be a great game We're still using lit though like lit still i don't like it's, lit it's, anymore it's kind man. of died down a little bit the cool kids don't use lit anymore i like lit it's easy to say it gets its point across three letters you, so you, you don't know have to what? waste too many you know when it's lit ended when that dude asked that question at the press conference oh my, oh my god. god it was so great though <laughs> That was an NCAA tournament game, right? NCAA yep. tournament in game Denver. in Denver. And it was the uh, Little Rock, Arkansas Little yeah, Rock he's like, post game. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the locker room after the game, would you, would you say it was lit? <laughs> <laughs> Is the Colorado Buffaloes locker room going to be lit on Friday night after the final buzzer and the final whistle of that, go- of that game goes? Man, it was lit last year, I can tell you that. They were, we were waiting in the interview room for them to come in, and you could just hear them belting the fight song through the through the the bowels of, of uh, <laughs> what are we sports ca- authority are we field. still calling it sports authority field this year they still have the uh branding up there i don't know if that just costs too much money to take it down or what <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about whether it's gonna be lit right we gotta still make final calls 
Yep, and we're going to do that in the next segment on the BSN Bus Podcast. Euflora is the Apple store of cannabis with three locations, the biggest selection in the state, and a tech-driven shopping experience. Euflora is the only dispensary you need. Euflora has over 75 types of edibles, tinctures, topicals, and drinks, and they have over 20 strains of flour at all times. To see everything Euflora has to offer, go to eufloracolorado.com. That's eufloracolorado.com. When is the last time you went to the Rock Restaurant and Bar on Smoky Hill Road? With 69-cent wings on Mondays, trivia on Tuesdays, and $2 domestics during happy hour and weekends, the Rock Restaurant and Bar is the only choice when I'm in South Aurora. They're open 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, making them a great place for a big breakfast, tasty lunch, or a nice dinner. The Rock is off of Smoky Hill Road, just a few blocks west of E-470. Find them online at therockrest.com. That's therockrest.com. Life Flower Dispensary on Leedsdale serves medical and recreational until midnight. We are a one-stop shop and have something for everyone. Whether you're a smoker or prefer to use topical treatments for severe pain, we carry a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, flour, and we even carry glass too. Check out our menu at weedmax.com for specific strains and price details. Life Flower Dispensary. Open 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. Monday through Sunday. Mention BSN Denver and get 15% off your entire purchase. Welcome back to the BSN Buffs Podcast, which is coming to you from the lovely Blake Street Tavern. We are actually here today. Uh, we don't, I just haven't mentioned it yet, uh, but this is one of the greatest places in Denver, and we're here. We get to do our podcast here. We're very fortunate that we get to do our podcast here. So as always, shout out to the Blake Street Tavern. Uh, but I want to get into our score predictions. This is what you guys have all been waiting for. We are the experts. We know. Uh, first off, has anyone picked CSU to win this game around this table? That is a no. no. Okay. No. I was wondering because I was going to have Will to go first. Usually, Will is notoriously, I'm notoriously the guy who picks CSU. CSU. I thought Will was going like, to be like, okay, To be fair, well, I've no been right else. like 60% of the time when I actually pick it. Okay. Because I conveniently only pick on Thursday. <laughs> That's <win>. not true. <laughs> so, who has this game being more than a 10 point margin of victory for the Buffs? I don't. Do you, Ryan? Not more than, no. Okay, so I have it at 10. So I'll I start have it here. at 10. I have it at 10. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, start. Um, I have it at 27 17. So, okay, so you think the CU offense is going to score four? Uh, what is that? Five? Three touchdowns and two field goals. Okay. It's a fairly successful outing-ish. Yeah. Not and the really, defense though. has a pretty successful outing at 17. 27 points is not a lot these days. Yeah, but I think this is going to kind of come down is, to the doesn't trenches. Doesn't this game always feel like it's a little bit low scoring ever since that one shootout? Aside from the Connor it Wood game. It has been, yeah. yeah. I, mean, the, it's, 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 I think it's, it's just because it's early and everyone's tight. Yeah. And CSU has, especially in years past, run the ball really successfully, eating a lot of clock. Yeah, they have, man. Yeah. Which is... That's got to be the big worry. Can CU stop the run? Because, I mean, that... Is Josh Tubo, like, back near 300 pounds? <laughs> is he out of a walking boot? Uh, am I at... I guess I am at liberty to say. I have not seen him in a walking boot. And he isn't as big as what he looked like in May when, we, when you last saw him. Good. All right. Fair enough. But he is not slim. Hit that score prediction, RK. Uh... I'm actually I'm up in the ante here. I've changed it in the last two minutes. I'm saying 34 to 20. Okay. Okay. 
3420. I I have it at 3424. Um, I think I think the Buffs are going to be in control throughout. They're not going to be running away really at any point. But kind of the way that I've seen this is at some point in the fourth quarter, 34-17, firmly in control, no doubt about the outcome. And CU or CSU gets a late touchdown. They're going to be airmailing it. When you do it that many times, something might go wrong. You might catch one uh, in an opportune spot. I, I, I think that CU will control this game. Um, I think their offense has a chance to really explode against this team. Uh, the CSU defense is not, on paper, good. Shouldn't they be able to run the ball? That's what I think the Buffs need to be able to do. I know we talked a lot well, about Cepho, but... I absolutely they, do. The, your offensive line is completely healthy, and I think that is so important to running the ball. So right now, your offensive line is as healthy as it'll ever be, yeah. and I think you need to run the ball on this team. I My only concern... Not really concerned. My only thought about that would be that this is the game where you've got to really establish Bryce Bobo. You've got to establish Shea Fields and even Devin Ross uh, as real options moving forward for your team. Yeah, I I mean, for me, I think Bryce Bobo has to make a big play in this game. I think he needs like a 30, 40 yard Because otherwise all this talk in preseason is just that. It's just talk and it's what we've heard before. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, well, it's not been talked for me because I haven't been providing that kind of Kool-Aid. PSN uh, Buffs not on the Kool-Aid this year. Brian, are you on the Kool-Aid? Did you just call him Brian? I said Ryan, but I stuttered, so it sounded like Brian. I'm not worried about it. Um, I'm extremely on the Kool-Aid. No, I'm not. I, <laughs> you just wanted to say extremely. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was going to say off like off the cush, like Brandon Wardell says. <laughs> I couldn't figure out a way to say it. Uh I'm not off it or on it. I'm I'm, I'm, just, I'm so wait and see. I'm in wait and see mode. That's a, uh, I, at you can ask me. I will know exactly how the season is going to go by halftime of the CSU. So we, that honestly, be, I I, I think I think the first five the first two drives, uh, so one for each team in the third quarter is gonna in, in, let us know a lot because I mean you think about the halftime adjust, adjustments that Jim Levin has made in his career at CU. They've been pretty outstanding, and I, I look for that again. Okay, here's the deal, Ryan. I know you're not going to be in any mood to tweet, but I need you to text me your feelings about the first half and whatnot, and I will, I will send a tweet from at Ryan, you know, not from you technically, but at Ryan Koningsberg's analysis of the season. You know, it's either all gone to this, or it's they're going to a ball. So I'll, yeah, I'll, you yeah. have to hit me with the halftime update from RK's world. All right, you might have to prompt the update but yeah it's not gonna come in on its own so we've all got cu by at least 10 you've got them 34 20 ryan this is bad this is too much optimism and and that's again that's the thing is these are those games where i i think people are are optimistic about cu because they haven't seen enough to give them a reason not to be and that's not saying that i know anything but that's what i honestly feel i do think that they'll control this game I think it's less of a statement about CU, much more of a statement about the Rams. I think that's the way it's best said is I think this game is going to come down to how good really is CSU, not how good yes, is CSU. Yes, completely agree. Completely agree. And that's going to wrap up the BSN Buffs content or podcast. Stay tuned to all of our content this week on bsnbuffs.com. 
big week of content coming up. Uh, I'm the editor now. I, oh, yeah, I've we should talk about that. i show for you guys to this <laughs> up. So. Uh, I just wanted to say a quick thing. Uh, my first interaction with Jake Shapiro was on t- Twitter a couple, what, a, a little, it was over a year ago. It was, it was about, a, about two years ago. About now. two years ago. It, it wasn't my favorite interaction I've ever had with another person uh, on social media or otherwise, but I, I want to say this. Last year, I really admired Jake's work from afar. He has a tireless work ethic, um, and I'm extremely proud of this little guy uh, because not only does he work his ass off, uh, but he's getting better and better. He's got a passion for it. I think Colorado fans are, number one, you better damn well be excited uh, because I, I'm really excited about what you're going to bring as editor of bsnbuffs.com. Um, it's been a pleasure to kind of uh, to work so closely with you, and that's going to continue, obviously, uh, just in a different capacity. So I'm really excited, I, and I hope once you guys all listen to this show, reach out to at Chapalicious. <laughs> like, maybe think about changing that now that you're an I editor. i thought about it a lot. You know, reach out to Jake. Uh, Tell him congratulations. Buy him a beer when you see him. You guys need to be excited. Uh, Jake, you're going to do really great things with this side. I really know it. Here's what I can say. Will has said before that he thinks the, one of the best things he's ever done was hiring me to be his intern. I can say the exact same thing about Jake. It's, it's, I'll admit it was kind of lucky. I'll admit I was lucky because I didn't know how great Jake was going to be. Uh, but really, BSN Denver as a whole – wouldn't be where we are today without Jake. And it's kind of just been like a, 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 a it's just been a matter of time before we were, we were going to give Jake a, a responsibility such yeah. as this. And it was, we never knew exactly when, but I know for a fact now that Jake is ready to take this on. So I'm, I'm really excited to put BSN buffs into his hands. Speaking of responsibilities I have to do, I am literally covering, covering a Rockies game from the Blake Street Tavern right now that is in the third <laughs> inning. So uh, that is the type of coverage I provide. Bam. Uh, boom. You're fired. But, yeah, <laughs> Ryan's still my boss. Congratulations, so buddy. Uh, but, yeah, I appreciate all the love from you guys. I appreciate all the love I get on Twitter because I wouldn't really be here without Twitter. That's the only reason I really know Ryan in the first place. Uh, so, uh, at Chapalicious has to stay, I think, for that matter. is just because nope. of... No. No. Chapalicious can go the way of your hair. Um, well, it's slowly come. You know, it took me a while to change my bio. It took me a while to cut, cut my hair. So, maybe the bio comes or the, the handle comes next. But I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate all you guys listening to the SM Buffs uh, podcast. Now that uh, I'm the editor, I can you know say that as mine. Uh, I guess, right. which is cool. right. uh, I, I, I produce these every week. I spend a lot of time for cutting this up. Okay, I you don't need to lot. pump yourself up. But, but what I will say is, I appreciate all the interactions we get because this is kind of what I spend yeah. a lot of time on every week. So please keep reaching out to us. Uh, when you see those questions come out that we uh, we do, please answer them because we will talk about them on the podcast or we'll come up with a question we might ask Mike McIntyre about based Absolutely. on it. Uh, and if you see us on Friday, me and Will working the game or Ryan in the stands. Don't see I, I was about to say, don't, like, don't say hi. <laughs> say hi to me. <laughs> uh, Let so, me live. Thanks for listening. We'll have more content at bsndenver.com all this week. So stay tuned and thanks, guys.